Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. How's it going, Brian? It's going well. I think we have a lot to discuss today. Yeah, we've got we've got some good stuff. Kind of like last week, we wanted to really touch on uh, our Lone Star Varsity Boys Basketball Super Team. Which was a big secret yeah. <laughs> heading into this week. That, that's right. And, uh, you know, I, I think the most telling thing about it is when we brought the uh, the five primary players on the first team to the shoot, they said, yeah, we could win a state championship with this team. And, and that was good to hear. I, I really like this team all the way around. Yeah, that was a fun conversation to have. Overall, it was a good photo shoot. Every kid that was there was deserving to be there and was definitely a lot of fun to have so let's kind of dive into it yeah if you haven't seen this team which it came out on easter sunday we gave our mvp award and there was a lot of debate about this we gave it to brian rector from estacado a good little guard i mean he shoots lights out he helped them uh play their up-tempo game uh you know both both um in both facets you know offense and defense he he was a major contributor uh, really liked him, and uh, I think you've got the stats on him and this is what, what he was able to accomplish. Yeah, I believe it was uh, he led the team, which has multiple uh, double digit scores with 20 points and I believe five rebounds or so. But you know, the thing that really stood out to me when we picked Brian Rector as the MVP and talking with Coach Wagner, Tony Wagner from Estacado, is that he challenged him to kind of become, you know, that, that scoring leader that they needed this year heading into a season that wasn't really certain at the beginning um, because, you know, they didn't exactly, I don't think, at least in my eyes, know exactly what they had, but they knew that in Wagner's program that this is going to be a competitive Estacado team. Well, Rector was challenged to be that leader, and even to to the end, you know, I love this quote from, you know, Wagner, he just he never gave up. He left it all out on the court, and that showed in his last game where he put up 20-plus points and try to keep his team alive. Unfortunately, they lost uh, in the regional tournament, but still, I I think it was deserving. I think everybody at the photo shoot thought it was deserving too because, you know, uh, I I think we were kind of kidding around with it, and uh, we asked Brian to step aside for a photo on his own, and they were just like, yeah, well, he's probably the player of the year. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the players on this team this year just so happened to be closely related in, in, uh, in terms of um, district, district yeah. who, who they play and who they knew. They, they all knew each other pretty well for the most part. Um, but before we dive into who was on the first team, newcomer of the year, Callaway Dykes from Friendship. I thought that that was uh, the only pick we could make this year. Yeah, when you talk about a shooter, somebody who can go out there and really sink some shots for you, he was the guy. Uh, I, I mean, it, when you look at a team that has a lot of players that you know are much bigger than Callaway, he made himself relevant in the fact that he's a he has a basketball IQ and he's able to shoot the ball really well. I see a bright future for him. Yeah, uh, I think everyone's really optimistic about what he was, what he was doing uh, his uh, his first year. He's got good size. I mean, you just you know he's going to develop over the next three years. Father's yeah, a basketball coach small. for Friendship. I mean, this is a really good situation for him, and it's it's a really good situation for for the Tigers moving forward. Already 
knocked down some huge shots and some some key games you know friendship was a team that went to the bite round of, of the class 6a playoffs and i mean the, the honest truth is they were they were kind of underwhelming because they had some injury problems early in their uh, district year you know uh, dykes broke his wrist against lovett cooper in december and missed some time and then uh, jack kirkpatrick was injured as well their senior leader so they kind of had to fight for uh, every inch of, of progress they made toward the postseason um, and then it all came down to a game against uh, Midland, really. It was like a kind of a play-in game between the two teams. Callaway Dykes knocks down 17 second-half free throws. Free throws. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Uh, I think he puts time in the gym. When you see him shoot or you see him play, you could tell that this, this is a ball player. Coach of the year, Tony Wagner, Estacado made it to the uh, regional tournament. For, I, think that was, yeah. I think that was a no-brainer for me. Uh, Estacado's been – competitive year in and year out he's put together a really good program out there and i'm always impressed with what they graduate and still how well they compete and we had a couple of other people in that conversation david Definitely. williams from seminole obviously took his team to to the uh, uh state semifinals uh, robert Rashier from all saints they won a state championship i guess kyle laverne mm -hmm. can you tell us what it really was about um about uh, Wagner that, that stood out to you like I said earlier a, a little bit about what they graduated and I think we touch on this quite a bit our, our stories might overlap in coach of the year and player of the year but what it was at the beginning of the year they didn't exactly know what kind of team they had you know who was going to step up who's going to be the leader and uh, what they graduated was huge they graduated some big players on their end and they step into what I consider to be one of, at least in our coverage area, one of the toughest districts, you know, in 4A. And they're able to go undefeated. Defeating Seminole, which, you know, Seminole had a good year. And they deserved to be where they were. But at the same time, Estacado was able to kind of deal them some losses that were really close and just be clutch. Um, and that he motivated his team to the bitter end you know to get out there and just compete i would say that he put together a really competitive matador team and i really think he was deserving of the award at the end at the end of the day estacado's season came to an end in the regional semifinal with a four-point loss to to Abilene Wiley, which went on the next day to lose to Seminole by, I think, 12. And David Williams was very complimentary of, of the job Estacado had done and um, kind of attributed their, wind, their, their win to um, Estacado's ability to wear down an opponent by pressing them. Uh, he said Abilene Wiley did not look the same the second day. You know, that's a back-to-back -back tournament. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're really excited to see what Estacado does in the future because the graduation hits aren't that bad this year aside from losing Brian Rector and that stings but there are a lot of good players on that team Alden Johnston Donald Young uh, I was about to say wild cards. speaking of which that might be our uh, segue into the super team <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like we said a lot of these guys are closely related because they're from District 2 4A or they once were in District 2 4A in the case of uh, DK Blaylock uh, he is a guard from New Deal and uh, I mean, he averaged a double double a game uh, 23 points, 12 rebounds. And we, I mean, we just kept, I mean, he just constantly popped off on the box score. Uh, you know, New Deal was very good about sending those in, and we were always kind of excited to see what he had done that night. Definitely, he's a big guard. <laughs> I would say that. I think he's sitting at six foot seven, is it? 
somewhere around yeah. that range. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that. Yeah, he's a good ball player, and uh, he had a really good year, and he's just a junior, so he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. So, and, and from what I hear, the Lions didn't graduate much either. So mm-hmm. New Deal is going to be another team to look out for with you know DK coming back to the court. Yes, missed his sophomore year too just because of um, questions about his eligibility because he had transferred from uh, Estacado to – to New Deal, and, and I think people have talked about this in the past, but how much he could have helped New Deal last year with, with some of the with some of the kids they already had on their team could have been an even bigger season for them. Definitely, but I think in his his senior year, he's definitely going to try to you know propel this team into you know making the regional tournament and maybe even further. New Deal, like I said, team to look out for. And you know, with that being said, another team that's out, out of two or that's not in two four A, we have a a really talented guard and senior, Luke Stewart. Yeah, Luke Stewart, twenty two points, five assists, four rebounds, and, and three steals a game for uh, All Saints Episcopal, which uh, won the Taps two A championship. Yeah, uh, his name in general, and I always kid about it whenever I see him, is just you know, in the last four years, he's helped. As his in his time there, he's helped build this program. Not only that, he helped start a competitive football program. Yeah, and like I said, I, I kid about it, but you know, when I, we walked out there for the football preview, I knew how talented he was. But you know, I asked to talk with the quarterback, and here comes Luke Stewart, and I'm just like, of course, of course, it's you. <laughs> but uh, he's really talented, and like I said, he helped build a solid program there. Yeah, under he, Robert Brashear. He's uh, probably in line for a Lifetime Achievement Award from, from All Saints. That's going to sting to lose him, but what a career, what a way to cap it with another state basketball championship. Definitely, and that's not taking anything away from all the other players for All Saints. All Saints had a really good year, and uh, they're going to continue to be a really good team moving forward, I think. But right, uh, we'll, uh, we'll round out the guards now with uh, Alden Johnson, of uh, a junior from Estacado. Uh, just, a, just kind of that one-two punch with uh, Rector. I mean, this guy could shoot lights out, too. I believe he averaged 15 points a game and uh, five boards. Yeah, like I said, uh, there's multiple double-digit scorers on that team, and Alden Johnson is another one that's going to come back next year, and he might step into that leadership role that Rector was challenged into this year. Maybe not vocally, but, you know, on the court. And then moving on to... Uh, Our big forwards. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> Uh, we'll, t- we'll tell you this, Bo- both of our uh, front court guys are, are from Seminole, and uh, one I don't think anyone's going to be surprised about, kind of uh, a-, a big name around here, Reese Moore, uh, who is a Texas offensive line signee. He's about to get going down in Austin. Uh, really great kid, too. I mean, this is someone who averaged 13 points, 8.6 boards, and 2.6 blocks per game. Uh, just a, a real obstacle. Uh, in the regional championship game against Abilene Wiley, one MVP of the regional tournament with a double-double in that particular game. He's an athlete just overall um, in football, basketball, no matter what he does. He's very competitive, and I, I see big things coming from him in the future. But in football, but in basketball, he was he's somebody that you want there in your forward position. Now his teammate Jalen Bratton is somebody that we're going to get for another two years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me – I thought if it wasn't going to be Brian Rector for MVP this year, it should have been Jalen Bratton. And, you know, we, we tossed, we kicked a couple of them around, and I think he stuck around the longest before uh, deciding to go with Rector. I mean, this is a guy who averaged 13 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks, and is just a sophomore. I mean, 
in, in, it seemed like in the games that I saw him in, he scored 20 points. Yeah, he's, he's one of those kids that when he first gets – when he first approaches the court, you think, oh, this, this just tall kid playing forward. No, he can ball. He's very good. And, uh, he can shoot. He can rebound. He, he, he can do almost anything. And it's exciting for Seminole moving forward because, like you said, he is a sophomore. Yeah, really excited to see him. And, and just to close this out, I guess we'll reveal the off-the-bench guys and then the second team. Uh, from off the bench, uh, Blair Conright, junior guard from Coronado. Uh, really excited about him as a football player and as a basketball player. Uh, if you remember earlier this year, we revealed that he was the son of Carolyn Thompson. So excited to see what he comes back with uh, his senior year. Wouldn't be surprised at all to make see him make first team uh, outright. Uh, you've got Trace Ritchie, and what a career he had at, at Borden County. Uh, two state tournament appearances, uh, all around excellent athlete, kind of the anchor of their football team and their baseball team as well. Glad we're not losing him just yet. Still got a Borden County baseball season to go through. What about Jet Johnson, the shallow yeah. water? That's our third one. And I think he, kind of like uh, going back with Luke Stewart, Jet Johnson really helped this team, like just in terms of chemistry and stepping up as a senior leadership role. It's, yeah, I think that one was another one that, you know, definitely had to be on that that first team off the bench slot. And then just real quickly, the second team, Carter Ebney, a guard from New Home, Bryson Daly, a guard from Abernathy, Christian Huey, a guard from uh, Sundown, Zach Ramage, a forward from Olton, really liked him. Uh, that, was, that was a tough one, uh, you know, determining his place on the team. And then Jack Kirkpatrick, a forward from Friendship. Then off the bench, Jason Davis, uh, a forward from Littlefield, Eric Garza, a guard from Post, and Nash Willingham, a guard from Morton. That rounded out the 2018 Lone Star Varsity Boys Basketball Super Team. Hopefully we put together what we consider to be an actual super team, and uh, all these kids had a great season. So moving on, I, I think the biggest things going on in the high school world this week is uh, the soccer postseason because we're starting to get deep into it. Favorite time of year. Yeah, cleared the area around. Now we're on to the uh, regional round, sort of, getting ready for the regional quarterfinals, kind of the last uh, round of neutral site playoff games, and everything consolidates for regional semifinal and regional championship games before the winners of those games move on to the state tournament setting in Georgetown. Kind of looking at the scores, I would like to kind of review a little bit about what happened last night. There was a lot of big wins for our area teams. And uh, unfortunately for Monterey, they dropped their or their season ended with a loss to El Paso del Valle, uh, one to zero. But they still had a really good year. I think it was the most wins in program history. Mm -hmm. I think they finished up twenty five four and one. Uh, twenty one five and one. Twenty one five. Yeah, but still, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was a, a heck of a year for them. Uh, and looking forward to seeing what what they generate in the near future. And kind of moving on, they're sticking with the boys a little bit. Uh, friendship. Friendship is having another record-setting year in the fact that they won their district for the first time in program history, and now they're moving on. Uh, they got a 2-1 to win over Keller, Fo Keller Fossil Ridge. Sorry. And uh, every week you look in the box score for Friendship boys, it's a different person kind of scoring for them. So... Uh, that's always exciting when you have multiple people that can get it done. Yeah, I think it's really exciting anytime mid-sized city schools take down schools that, you know, I guess, yeah. you, could, I guess you could say Keller's a mid-sized city, but, but just 
based on its location in the Metroplex with access to club teams and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a big enthusiasm for soccer with FC Dallas and, um, you know, just the, the club teams that that, that particular team generates as, as its feeders. I think that whenever a team from a Lubbock or a Midland or an Amarillo or a Tyler, what have you, whenever they knock them down, I think I think that's a that's a a big step in the right direction for um, soccer outside the major cities. Yeah, and while uh, I think there's some seniors on that class that are gonna kind of step in as soon as like push comes to shove, I, I see this team making it pretty far. Uh, I think friendship's going to be competitive moving forward, but uh, would you like to progress to the girls? Absolutely. Let's get it. So uh, Monterey, Monterey girls got a huge win over El Paso High, which previously El Paso High only lost one game. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it was a tough team. And talking with Coach Aaron Babcock, he also thinks it was a very tough team, and this was a huge win for them. Like we said, two and one, uh, Brisha Walker and Aisha McQueen, uh, both scored in that game to help lift them over. And I believe the first score came in the first 15 minutes and the last score came in the last 15 minutes. Yes. So it was very close. That, that's what I understood too, and, and he's right. And, I mean, we're, we're looking at the, um, the playoff scenario now. You've got Coronado at the top of this same 5A Region 1 bracket. you got Monterey at the bottom. And we were looking at it earlier today. We're like, oh, my God, like they might run into each other for the for the thing i mean there's some really good teams out there uh, but I, th- I think coronado and monterey have proven themselves as, as some of the stiffest competition you know some other good schools i think that are alive heading into the uh, regional quarterfinal round colleyville heritage pretty much you know that's a great yeah. program across yeah. the board wichita falls rider could, could give people a run for their money grapevine metroplex school um they're playing fort worth south hills and i, I think grapevine is probably a heavy favorite in that game but um when, when you look at that i mean they're only six real competitors in, in this thing now and, and that's pretty exciting i think so too um you know here here's a late score that we got last night um just kind of going off of the girls edge and uh, playoff matchups and everything uh friendship girls also are continuing into their season but like you were saying about the matchups monterey and coronado are very much i think in the question for making the state tournament and i think we both got a little excited about that because i mean that would be amazing because soccer in this area has been growing over the last couple of years and they were able to make it last or Monterey was able to make it last year. And it, just to see the continuation of the expansion of a sport that I think we both respect uh, being competitive, it, that that's just exciting in itself. And with that, it's probably a good time to bring in Coronado head soccer coach on the girls side, Alistair Caldwell. And now we're joined on the line by Coronado girls head soccer coach, Alistair Caldwell and, and coach thank you so much for taking some time uh, to talk with us I know it's uh, been a pretty busy time for you uh, but before we get going we just kind of wanted to know uh, you know being from the UK how you ended up in Lubbock Texas um, <clears throat> I initially got recruited to eastern New Mexico and I spent a year there and then I transferred to Lubbock Christian played soccer there for a year and uh, I was lucky enough to meet my wife there and uh, she wouldn't let me leave so <laughs> understand that uh so you took care of el paso east lake earlier this week you know a, a six to two win uh a, a very nice win and um, i mean you got to be happy about that what is it like just to to get through the area around and, and kind of you know be about one third done with this journey if everything goes right 
Yeah, it was it was just a fantastic feeling. Uh, we've known all year that we're capable of coming out that strong in the first half, and everything just started clicking, fell into place, um, and to be four nothing up at halftime, we were. Although we were excited and happy about it, it was just getting that feeling that the game's not already over. And the second half, Eastlake came back into it a little bit. And they scored, had us nervous at 4-2, and then we scored two late goals to put it away again. So, it, it was although it was a great win, it still gave us some things to work on um, going into the Amarillo game now. You know, kind of looking at that game, you had a lot of players step up. You know, I'm talking about Heaven, Rosette, Lexi De La Cruz, Piper Granado. Yeah, it, between all of them, uh, what's the chemistry like on this team and just having all these players kind of, you know, fill these roles for you guys? Well, I, th- I think that's the thing as well. Early on in the year, it, it took us a little bit of time to, to build in jail. Um, Lexi and Piper are both freshmen. I think we have eight freshmen on the team. and We had a couple of transfers come in as well. So it, it took us a little bit to get going, and we're just all finally clicking at the right time. Um, they're a great bunch of girls, and they all get along really well out of school as well so it's just it's been fantastic for us so this is a 5 p.m game friday at, at plains capital park uh which is which is one of your home venues i, I was wondering how, how did y'all manage to land that spot um coach garfield uh did the coin toss for us and we were extremely lucky in it and we we won the toss and no one else is playing at uh, plains capital on friday that i'm aware of so we're excited to be on the big stage and be playing that was one of the best stadiums in Texas. Um, kind of looking at Amarillo, looking ahead, uh, what's scouting report on them and what do you think they kind of bring to the table that you guys need to prepare for? Um, we played them earlier in the year during the Lubbock tournament. Um, and we had, a, a, I think we were missing maybe 10 players through injury just with different things that were going on at the time. Um, and we went to watch them last night. We actually drove down. Um, to Odessa with another coach to watch them play Andres and they're they're extremely well-rounded and we didn't really see any out-and-out stars on the team it's just a great team all around and everyone contributes to that team and we're excited for a great game on Friday. You guys had a fast turnaround with y'all's game being on Monday is that kind of helping you know with the more days that you guys have off leading into Friday just prepare for Amarillo? Yeah, it was good to get a day of rest. Um, yesterday, I traveled down to Odessa, like I said, and my assistant stayed behind, and he led practice and had them stretch and just some light running and get them out of there and get home to rest. Um, that's I think that's critical at this time. Getting the extra day just with games coming so fast, and we're into, what, the sixth month now, if you can. We started in November. It's a long season, and we just need to stay healthy. Coach Caldwell, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks for spending some time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, good interview. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got a lot of insight on the Coronado girls soccer team. You know, you can't just get that stuff in a box score sometimes. And uh, we were able to get a good interview in. So these are the uh, playoffs situations. Obviously, Coronado is going to play 5 p.m. Friday at Plains Capital Park against Amarillo High. Uh, then you've got Friendship and Keller uh, on the girls' side. They are going to play 2 p.m. Friday at Abilene's Shotwell Stadium. That's a nice venue. Uh, so, and a great neutral site. I mean, that might actually be a neutral distance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then on the boys' side, you have uh, Friendship versus El Paso Eastwood, 2 p.m. Friday at Ratliff. So, Friendship fans, unfortunately, are going to have to make a decision uh, which game they're going to attend. Yeah, it's all about. Uh 
venues, I guess, whichever you prefer, or, uh, what have you. But it, it's 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 going to be good. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Friday, to say the least. <laughs> Haven't seen the the Monterey Abilene Cooper set up yet, but that's who they're going to be playing. Uh, that's obviously a District Four Five A opponent. They split their games against each other with both winning on the road. Yeah. Looking at that, with how they split against each other, and they're also going to be playing at Shotwell. Shotwell. Yeah. Uh, It's funny how they all kind of all end up congesting to certain areas. But, uh, yeah, it's up in the air. It's like a a coin flip for me right now and as to who comes out on top on this one because of the split. And they both did it on the road against Mm -hmm. each other. So... Well, that was, that, I guess odds favor Monterey then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, if you want to look on uh, Lone Star Varsity or LubbockOnline.com, rather, um, I, I talked a little bit about the uh, senior leadership that followed over from last year's team. Uh, and I think that's been kind of key and helpful in building up this new team that's a little bit younger from last year. And then I think we'll close this with just a little bit of talk of uh, baseball and softball. Obviously, it's, it's mid-season and a, a couple of things are developing. One, Coronado baseball keeps on winning in, in 4-5-8. I think we thought they were going to kind of be middle of the road to begin this year, and, and they've proved that they certainly are not. They're at the very top and gaining games on everyone. Yeah, by a wide margins or even close margins, they're able to pull it out. Um, whether it be in the seventh inning, which we saw a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago, rather, or, you know, last night putting up the numbers on Lakeview and finishing it in five, 14 to two. Uh, they're just a competitive team that you, you're going to see in the postseason, definitely. I think you're, you're definitely going to see them in the postseason. So let's power rank them in a way, not if they played head-to-head, <laughs> but the best pound-for-pound pound baseball team. You love your power here. rankings. I do, and I'm still going to go with shallow water. I'm, I'm still, you know what? I'm going to split between Friendship and Coronado right now. They both find ways to win. That's, that, that's how I'm going to put it right now. On the girls' side, at least within the city, I think that the most pleasant surprise has been Lubbock High softball. They have a duo in Mariah Garza and Chloe Reed that I've known of since, like, I, I've seen them in the past, and they've just shown up this year. In fact, if you want to go to lo- or LubbockOnline.com, uh, we will have a Q&A with Lubbock High catcher Chloe Reed, but Mariah Garza is having a great year. Yeah, and she's a Player of the Week candidate this week, so you can still get your votes in. Voting will end at 5 p.m. Thursday. And uh, a big matchup coming forward. I think we can kind of close on this one, but there's a big matchup in softball that's coming up. Lubbock High, Lubbock Cooper. I think if Lubbock High is able to get this game on Cooper, then they're in question for maybe a district tie or district championship or sky's the limit after that but then again cooper is no slouch cooper is a competitive very good team no doubt let's power rank softball with uh, our top team pound for pound who would it be for you i think i would right now i would go cooper just because they've kind of been powering through district but a close second is Lubbock High, and that's why I'm so excited about fr- that Friday game. You know, my number one right now is probably Friendship. Good I, team, yeah, Tory Hogan. Exactly. I mean, this is a person who's hitting home runs and uh, dealing out strikeouts. And, I mean, they're, they're chasing Odessa High and Odessa Permian right now, but they're only a game out at, the, uh, at about 
one game removed from the mid midway stretch. That makes sense. So they're one game past the midway stretch. So there there's room to catch them. Those games are coming up. Yeah, I think uh, friendship is. They're a good team, well coached. These last couple of years, I've seen the same thing, kind of with uh, you know uh, Estacado, where people graduate and you're like, oh, well, there goes that team. No, they always have somebody step up. They're like I said, well coached, and that they have the people that have the capabilities of stepping up, and they're they're just a competitive team, and I, I enjoy them. And with all that said, I think we're going to call it a week. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening in. We've got some good coverage coming up the tail end of the weekend. We've got district track meet. We'll be emphasizing the 2-4-A district track meet at Plains Capital Park, which is funny because well, I mean, we're going to be at Plains Capital a lot this week. We've got uh, yeah. we've got the uh, Coronado Amarillo game on Friday, bookending that on Thursday and Saturday, the 2-4-A track meet. District tennis uh, coming up. We've got some results on that. Uh, we'll have those Friday and Saturday. Uh, and it, it should be a good week. You know, it's uh, it's spring, and things are still rolling around here. My favorite time of year. All right. Appreciate you guys listening in, and we'll talk to you soon.